0: Focus on lessons learned. So this is the biggest lessons learned I learned. (laughs) Really, uh, when you focus on learning, uh, not only you grow yourself, you also grow your team. And then eventually that will grow the business.
1: Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of the Inventive Journey. I am your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's uh, founded and started uh, several uh, startups that are now seven and eight-figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And today we have another great guest on the uh, the podcast. His name is Jay, and I'm probably gonna massacre your last name. Is it Shu? <laughs>
0: That's correct. I said, so impressive. Very All impressive. right.
1: You're my best. So Jay uh, started out uh, his uh, life in college in Taiwan. And uh, I think he did it for, he worked for a music company for a period of time. And then he moved over um, to the U S working for Phillips for a period of time.
0: Yeah. and Yeah. Then he- yeah.
1: You jumped over and worked back, or went to Japan and worked, and then yeah. now you're back working and, uh And then you made a couple more jumps, and then yeah. bringing you up to where you're at today, working with some of your uh, your AI bots and whatnot. So that yeah. kind of gives a very brief overview. So welcome to the podcast, and thanks for being
0: on. Thanks for having me. This is super exciting.
1: So I gave a very quick overview of yeah. your your journey and what you've done but maybe uh if you want to back up and uh, fill in a few of the gaps and a bit more of the details yeah yeah
0: sure happy to share that so uh first of all starting with what we are doing right now so roby is a software solution for a company to fully automate their help desk support for saving operational costs so my journey starting with something completely different from what i'm doing right now which is pretty interesting too so um I'm born and raised in Taiwan, and I started my first business when I was college. So that was a music studio in a local college town. So during that time, that was a 2009, 2010, you know, like the social media start merging. That was my first taste of the startup world. Super so exciting! I'm going to yeah. ask
1: really one really fully tangential or question. But yeah. so what part of Taiwan were you in?
0: Oh, uh, the city called Tainan. So okay. it's a southern Taiwan, All right, so I
1: would, we're on yeah. opposite ends. So I, I lived in the Taipei area for a couple of years in Taiwan. So this was curious.
0: Oh, that's my hometown, actually. That's okay. Yeah.
1: So I served, uh, for those that don't, maybe I have, don't know if I mentioned on the podcast before. you, served a religious mission for my, for my church. And so I was in uh, Taiwan and Taidong and uh, Guangchang and all over that area for a bit of time. So just was, <laughs> just, was just was curious uh, if we what areas that were. Of <laughs> nice. Anyway, we won't digress too long. So anyway, back to your journey. So you were in yeah. Taiwan and, uh, do, uh, and pick up from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, so I started the first business that was a music studio in the local town uh, in a college town. So that was the first case. I really love it. And three years later, um, I do feel like I need to challenge myself. So I sold my share and then moved to us, study another engineering degree. And that's how I get my first job in Silicon Valley. Uh, that's Philips. The company is called NXP semiconductor It's funded by Philips. Uh, So I was a hardware engineer during that time. Um, there's a big corporation. I joined, um, we had a really good team, good boss, and but the first six months I realized this is not the lifestyle I'm looking for. You know, so I start working on some side projects. So in the next three years, I worked like four side projects and start learning software development all by myself and then create several projects. It didn't really take off, you know, it it was uh, a mess. It was failure.
1: one question that I know I don't mean to interrupt you, Dirty, all the time. No. But- so you say that it's not the lifestyle. was that hey, I don't like you know? Is it the number of hours you're working? You didn't like the big business. You wanted to be in control. There's a lot of when people
0: say lifestyle is
1: right. Which kind of you know right. lifestyle was thing that you want? Yeah,
0: that's a good question. So I the problem for me is I I feel like I dedicate eight hours uh, to NXP compared with the eight hour I spend in my music studio. I feel like my energy are completely different. So I was super passionate every day was so excited when i do in the music industry in the same time i mean nsp is a great company so i really enjoy the environment but i don't feel the same passion i had so i think that was my problem during that time.
1: okay no i'm just curious because <laughs> people lifestyle means a lot of different things so i'm just curious what it meant for you so anyway right. so you started your side projects as you was working for, yeah.
0: for Philips. It didn't work for the first three project. And the fourth project that was during that time, that was 2014. So during that time, like, you know, people are talking about machine learning, start talking about that. So I I also dive into it and I create a machine learning platform and I uh, create a small demo. I back to music again. So I create a music recommendation engine that using machine learning technology. So basically you took a photo based on the photo, I recommend you the music. So if you're in the beach, I can recommend you some chilling music, stuff like that. And I took this ad, you know, and then presented in a meetup event in San Francisco showing to people. Interesting enough, there is a one Japanese company saw it. They are not interested in the music part at all, but they say, hey, this machine learning technology is pretty cool. Um, So we're talking about utilizing that um, machine learning technology in their business. So we actually signed a contract. So during that time, I have a two jobs. So I have a day, daytime job and nighttime job during that time. And um, then I get a second project, third project, they're all in Japan actually. So that was the time I said, you know what? Maybe it's a time to make a decision. So I quit my job and I just moved to Tokyo. And yeah. So interesting enough, it's like, when I was there, I realized the other part is I doing that business for two years and realized it turns out become a consulting services. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to scale up. Like like my, my dream is kind of have a product company, right? Like, you know, every startup person like really want that too. I mean, sure. yeah, so it turns out to be a consulting services. So I was looking for the chance to productize it, the idea, inspiration, And then I met the big company here in Seattle and they are doing the business in commercial building. So that was my first time in that space. And I realized, wow, this is super interesting because the infrastructure is so ready. They have a great data collection stuff, all this, you know, the infrastructure. So during that time we proposed a first idea, kind of like initial of Roby. Hmm. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna
1: jump. In one question. So, you were in U.S. working for Phillips. Decided it wasn't your lifestyle. Right. Didn't yeah, want to do yeah. something different. Started a few startups that failed. But then you did land on one that the Japanese company was interested in. So you moved yeah. to Japan and then yeah. did that for a bit of time. And what made you decide to jump? You know. So what made you decide to leave the, the Japan company and come back to Seattle?
0: Yeah. So we met. Uh, we actually met the contact person. So. During that time, I still have a lot of friends in US. So that was a vacation time. I back to US, just visiting my friends, and I got introduced to a company in Seattle. So I have a conversation with them, and then I realized, wow, this is interesting space. You know, there's a chance I could, you know, productize what I do, hmm. and yeah, that's what you know. And then in the end, we proposed the idea. Say, why don't we use uh, uh, our technology? to improve the occupant comfort because you know in a building you will be able to control like hvac lighting and all that hmm. and that really resonated the customer they say yeah this is a cool idea we really love it and then we signed a contract and then that was the chance i feel like okay this is a chance i can productize this so i decided to move back to us just for that
1: how did how did you leave or quit or whatnot from the Japanese company that you're working with, the AI. And that was, so I think you said it was growing and it was, it was doing reasonably well. So how did you make that transition or let them know, hey, I'm going to go back to Seattle, have a good one type of thing. Or how did you make that transition?
0: <laughs> I think that's, uh, it, it's gradually doing that. It's not like one day say, guys, I'm quit. But in the same time, I think that's a good lesson learned for me in the end of the day, the startup, you need to make a tough choice to say, okay, this is what I want. Uh, I know in the past, this is a good time, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, so we gradually tell the customers, say, hey, the company switched to the focus uh, to be more trying to be productized. And then so we kind of finish up the project, but we didn't continue anymore. Just, you know, setting up, say, okay, we've done this project, but that's it. We are not supporting anymore. So gradually shifting. So we close about four or five projects in the end, and then I moved to U.S. That-
1: okay, no, it makes sense. So <laughs> it wasn't just one day I said, hey, I'm going to move to the U.S., have a good one. You, you wound <laughs> up, you, you completed the projects and transitioned over. So now you do that. Yeah. Say, okay, I'm coming back to the U.S. You made that connection. And that's yeah. kind of, I think, where you said, and if I remember when we talked a little bit before, you had what you called Roby or pre roby type of thing. You've been working yeah. on a lot of the technology and you're yeah. kind of looking for what is a good application for this? How do we scale it? Where does it fit? Yeah. And that's where this kind of opportunity came along. Is that about right?
0: That's right. That's right. And then because after that customer, we interview about another 40 companies. We trying to understand what other challenges they have in terms of office operation. And then we realized that, oh, wow, this is a huge opportunity because everybody has a similar common problem and issues. Uh, um, you know, and then that's where we say, okay, that's productized and focus on this, solving this problem. Yes, yeah. that's how we create Roby. Yeah.
1: So one thing that we talked a little bit before, but you didn't bring up or mention, and I asked you before, is, you know, maybe dive in a little bit. So you met, I think you said you met the president of Honeywell, but it was kind of an interesting meeting or you met him on a plane, coworker met him on a plane. So maybe it, provide a bit of how you made that connection with Roby, yeah. You're going to, how you pitched it, but how you made the original connection.
0: Yeah. So the, the, uh, that is the president of, uh, uh, I should say general manager of the Allerton brand, uh, the Honeywell brand called Allerton. So they are basically a building automation system. They provide, you know, all this commercial building stuff. Um, yeah. So, um, our previous co-worker met the general manager on airplane and then they talking about the idea and all that and then uh eventually i fly over you know to to us and then i you know go to seattle and pitch to him about the idea so that's how that's how I get started so that's kind of like coincidentally found this area It's kind of interesting yeah
1: no, I think that isn't but it's it's I think it's a good example of you always should be looking for opportunities, always be pitching, always be sharing, because you never know when you're gonna make the connections and who's gonna who's going to find that interesting. So I think as a startup or someone that wants to do startup, take advantage of every opportunity to share with people as opposed to, you know, never or yeah. as opposed to passing by those opportunities and never taking advantage of them.
0: That's right. I think that's the huge lesson there where it's like that as well and also like, you know, uh, when we decided to do something, kind of embrace that kind of scary moment, say, hey, we got to do the big change, you know, all the time, be comfortable with that. Um, eventually you benefit, you know, um, to, to us, to the company.
1: Mm. No, and that, that that makes perfect sense. So now you do that, you you make the pitch, you land the sale, you get the company going, so you, yeah. how, did, how did that then transition go? Was it, hey, we made the pitch. Now we're fully funded. We're making lots of money. Was it a still <laughs> struggle? Was it still figuring out how to apply it? Are you still there? Or kind of how has that gone for you?
0: It was a struggle, actually. Uh, it was a big lesson as well. So we signed a contract with a big company. But, in, uh, but also during that time, we are not well-funded yet. So it means like the cash flow is still low. And one of the things like working with a uh, corporation is uh, they're relatively slower than, than startup. So that means your cash flow are always the issues. And yeah, so that was like a big lesson learned because like original the mindset would be like this is it, you know what I mean? We we signed this contract, this is it, we should be fine, we should be safe, but it's not really that. It it actually takes more time than we thought. Um, but we were lucky enough. So um, during that time we applied a uh, textile program. So we will be able to, and then we actually get into the Techstar program. So that was the turning point of the company, Uh, not just about the network, but also because the attention we got, so we will be able to get funded. And not only that, because Techstar also helping us quite a bit in terms of like iterating the strategy, go to market, how do you operate a startup? So after that three months program, yeah, things getting much smoother, we solving a lot of issues on there. Awesome.
1: So now, so you take that, finally got the, the funding, you found the company, you found the place for Roby, all that, you, you figured out, you know, got, got that all in place. So what do you think, you take the next six to 12 months, kind of what is the trajectory, what's the plan, yeah. what, what are you hoping to accomplish?
0: So this is an interesting part because uh, pandemic happened. So that means like the, a lot of enterprises, especially in US pretty much close, close mm. down at this point. Um, so our enterprise sales in the U.S. actually slow down a lot. Uh, but interesting enough, because the international market is gradually open, <laughs> so we actually get a lot of traction in Japan. So I got back to Japan again, kind of, sort of. Um, so, yeah, so we the next milestone for us is uh, really proving that this is what I have seen so far be- because the post-pandemic, the company forced in looking for the new solution in the office. That's kind of the opportunity we have now. Mm. So it means like I need to prove that uh, we are repeating this process. We, we will be able to close the first big deal um, in, J- in Japan last month. But now we need to prove that that's repeatable business. So in, a, in the next, like a, you know, six to 12 months, I like, pretty much prove the investor or, you know, uh, people around us say this is a scalable business.
1: Okay. No, I think that makes. Yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a lot of times there's a difference where you, you, know, you start out with proof of concept, then you get a prototype, you try it out once and, you know, it's always easier to land a second customer after you land the first one, right? That, I think that's always the hardest thing is to land that first customer, but you also have to make sure that now, now as you land, use that first customer to repeat it with other customers that you that's actually right. prove it out, right? So you actually that's show, right. hey, that we've delivered on what we promised for the first customer. Now you should uh, buy our product, so to speak.
0: That's right. And then like with limited uh, customization as well, Because a lot of mm-hmm. enterprise customer will require that, but how do you really find like the common problem space mm-hmm. that minimize your customization? I think that's another really interesting part. for
1: No, I agree. And that's one that can be hard, especially on the enterprise. A lot of times everybody wants it just for them and you have to either decide I'm not going to customize it and they're just going to have to accept what's out of yeah. the box or you have to figure out what is that pricing model? How can you not lose your shirt, so to speak, or not lose money by customizing it every time? So it's a fine balance. Sometimes customization, no. you can make a good profit on. Other times, if you don't quote it right, you think it's gonna be easier or quicker or simpler Yeah, to a lot of money. So I think that's a good lesson as well. Yeah, yeah. So. So then, why don't we now? Then we'll jump to the. I always have two questions I ask towards the end of the podcast. So we'll yeah. jump to those now. So the first question I always ask is: So what? What was your worst business decision you ever made?
0: <laughs> so yeah, I listen to your podcast. This is actually my favorite part. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm the first-time founder. So basically it means like I I don't have much experience. Uh, that means like in every area possible, I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> and then so I'm talking about business focus, go-to-market strategy, product iteration, even manage the company, how to create the uh, uh, company culture, all of that, I make a huge mistake. So it's hard to say which one is the worst. However, summarize all this, I think the biggest mistake I made is I did not create the environment I can learn fast. So which means I, for example, for for me, as the first time founder, first time I get funded, you got advisor, you got investor, they always, you know, they, they try to help out. They give you a lot of advice, but mm-hmm. I didn't have the knowledge to know like how to filter it out and how do I communicate with them if I disagree with them, right? So we, so I try to kind of try to please everybody and turns out your solution is always in a middle ground, always the middle ground idea is always not the best one usually. So overall speaking, that kind of, Uh, is to summarize, like, I think the biggest mistake I, I made.
1: No, and I I think that's a good point. I mean, some things you're saying, hey, this really doesn't matter. It's inconsequential. We'll just make a concession because it keeps investors or keeps a client happy. But to your point on other things, if you're always compromising, then you slowly, you know, you always find slowly your product is changing or out of control or is going in a different direction than what you envisioned or what what is best. And it's because you're always, you know, making those little tweaks and changes and it's kind of death by a thousand cuts. Um, so I think that's a, a good lesson is to, sometimes yeah. you agree, sometimes you concede, but you need to know when to stand up, when to not, not concede, and when, when you say, no, this is a bad idea, yeah. and I'm, we need to stick with what we're doing. So I think that's a, a good yeah. le- Mistake learned, but a good lesson learned. So, yeah. Okay, now we'll go to the second question, which is, so yeah. now you're talking to someone that's just getting into startups or a small business, what yeah. would be the one piece of advice you'd give them?
0: Focus on les- lessons learned. So this is the biggest Lessons that I (laughs) learned. Really, uh, when you focus on learning, uh, not only you grow yourself, you also grow your team, and then eventually that will grow the business. That will the one piece of advice I would give it.
1: No, and I think that I think that you. Uh, even that, having that culture of, hey, everybody needs to be learning improving and proving and, and be, becoming better is something that is a much better company culture. If you just get stagnant and people think, hey, we already know everything, we're not going yeah. to do anything new, we're not, we, do, we don't need to worry about it, that's when you oftentimes get eclipsed by people that are learning new things and that yeah. are doing something different. So I think that's a great, uh, great lesson. Well, as we start, as we wrap up, people want to reach out to you. They want to connect mm-hmm. up, whether it's learn more about your company, they're in enterprise, they want to be a customer, they want to be yeah. an investor or just want to learn more about you. What's the
0: best way to connect up with you? Just email me. Uh, so my email is com. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, that's easy enough. So if certainly if people are, are want to reach out, make connections or learn more, uh, email Jay at, uh, j at tellroby.com And, uh, I'm sure he'll be happy to, to talk with you about, about anything. Yes. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Now, for those of you that are listeners that have your own journey to tell, if you'd like to apply to be a guest on the podcast, feel free to go to inventivejourneyguest.com and apply to be on. If you're a listener, make sure to click subscribe so you get notifications of this podcast and all the new ones as they air. And lastly, if you ever need help with patents and trademarks, feel free to reach out to us at Miller IP Law, and we're always here to help. Well, Jay, thank you again for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Wish wish the next leg of your journey even better than the the last.
0: Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here.